I, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I declare every hindrance is removed in this house. Every hindrance, anything that came in, if any of you came in here tonight and you were frustrated or arguing or whatever and you brought anything in like that, uh, no condemnation, no nothing. Can't tell you how many times through the years those kind of things happen. The potential because the enemy wants things shut down. But we declare tonight every hindrance is stopped. And we will have the manifestation of God's presence. We will have the manifestation of God's anointing. His healing anointing is in the house. It's in the house. His his presence is here to heal in the name of Jesus. His presence is here to heal. Lord, we honor you. We thank you tonight that your word is true to us. And we give you glory and praise for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen. Every hindrance is removed. Say this after me. The devil is already defeated. Not someday he will be. He is defeated. Amen? He's defeated. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. He's defeated. So tonight, um, we are... um, we're starting on second part of the title of our theme for this month, which is this is Wealth and Wellness Month. Sunday we started talking about wealth and the different components and how that looks. And uh, tonight we're talking about wellness, about being well, about living physically well in our bodies and in our, our minds. Uh, our our, our spirit man is whole, but whether our spirit man is healthy is if we're feeding it. Your spirit man can lay dormant if you don't feed it. What's, what's, what's spiritual food? The Word of God. Amen? And your spirit man needs spiritual food. But tonight we're talking mainly specifically wellness in the body but also wellness in the soul because our foundation scripture that we read Sunday that we'll read again right now is 3 John and verse 2 and it says beloved I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers the, new, the, the King James says, Beloved, I wish above all things, above everything else, my desire is that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So, what I'm going to say tonight is, is that physical health and wellness will only come with your soul being healthy, your thinking being correct. And I'm telling you tonight, God wants his people well. 
I, I mean, I, I can't tell you enough how important it is for we as Christian people to be wealthy and healthy. Amen? God created us that way. Um, <clears throat> whether you know it or not, you are on a journey. You're on a journey of health and wellness and wholeness. You're on that journey, and whether you're moving or not is not dependent on God. It's dependent on what you do with what God has said. Um, I'm going to say some things over the next few Wednesday nights that if you've got any maybe religious stuff from the past um, that could be upset or stirred up, it will be. Because we're living in a day where, I mean, everybody else, it's like no holes barred. I mean, everybody says and does whatever they want to do, so so are we. Right. Amen? We're going to say whatever God says we can say. Right. Amen. Amen. Whatever God says is right, then that's what we're going to talk about. And I mean, really press into it like never before. But you're on a journey to be well. Amen. Your body, your mind, your spirit, you're, you're on a journey to get well. And he said, we just read the verse, above everything else, his desire is that we be well and we be prosperous, but our thinking has to change. For, for your soul to prosper is for you to think less of the way you, you were taught by worldly thinking. We were all taught by worldly thinking, not blaming your parents or, you know, wherever you came from or anything else, but everybody's been stained by wrong and stinking thinking. Everybody has. So, for your soul to prosper is for your mind and your thinking to change less of the way the world thinks and more of the way God thinks. Every hindrance is removed. This stuff and everything. Right? No hindrances tonight because you need to hear this word. No hindrances. Um... We live in a world where there's, a, there's I was going to say 101, 20 years ago there was 101 different diets or eating plans, but now there's 1,001, <clears throat> right? There's all kinds of eating plans, and the truth of the matter is, in this country, we are more unhealthy than we were 20 years ago. And I mean, the TV, television, commercials are inundated. Um, little video clips are inundated with all these different ideas about being well. For about 20 years or more, um, my wife and I have been, we've been on a journey of learning to think differently about what we eat for 20 years. And uh, most everybody generally says you shouldn't eat sugar and you shouldn't eat white flour. Right? 
Everybody say that's, I mean, everybody's at least in agreement with something like that. White flour and sugar are no good. Would everybody say okay to that? Yes. Uh, so that means, in other words, anything that tastes good is no good. Right? That's a fact. So, in the last 20 years, I've had certain periods of time and spurts where I really started working on getting revelation. The reason that most people are sick is because their information hasn't become revelation. So they get information in their head, but it never gets down in their heart. Until it gets in your heart and you really believe that what you're supposed to do, that, that, that if sugar came on the market today, it would be as bad as, you know, some illegal drug is what they say. If sugar was coming on, the way they process sugar today, if it was coming on the market, that it would be like an illegal drug. They say that's how bad it is. Now, I said they say, well, it's those thousand and one people that have all the stats. But you can hear that all day long. And I mean, you, you, can, you can come in here tonight and you hear me say something like that. And before you leave here, somebody's going to invite you to go eat something with a big stack of tortillas and a bunch of ice cream and sugar and cakes and stuff that you just can't. And you'll look at it, well, you know what? I really don't need to eat it, but I'm going to eat it anyway. I'll do it for you. You don't believe it. Did you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying I've been on a journey for 20 years wanting to believe this. Now, I may not look like it, but in the last three or four months, I've dropped almost 30 pounds. Amen. Okay? And the reason I'm saying that to you is because after 20 years, okay, I've started doing something that I really believe in. And the thing that I'm doing, I'm not going to even tell you what it is until this teaching's over and I may not even tell you what it is. And you'll understand after I tell you what I may, may not tell you what it is. But there's two things that I've done in what I eat that I've, I've made a change in. And now, you know, I'm putting myself on the line telling you this. <laughs> but what I'm telling you is, is that I've become convinced I don't need this stuff. And one of the reasons that I've become convinced is because I've done research to the point that it's gone from my head to my heart that eating some of these things would be no different than if I was to shoot some drug up in my arm. Well, but if you believe it, See, if you really believe in it. And, and I've gotten, I've gleaned information. What I'm doing is information I've gleaned from other people. But then the Holy Spirit showed me what was right for me. Right. Now, one thing that we won't do at Gates of the City 
is we will not promote someone's business for health and fitness. We won't promote it. Now, you want to talk to somebody around the church and you do something in health and fitness and you want to talk to somebody, talk to them. But we will not promote it from the pulpit, okay? Because we're not going to just back what, other, what, what people think about health and fitness, okay? We're going to back health and wholeness. Right. And the deal is this. You can eat all the supposed right things of one of the thousand and one people's idea about what is right to eat. And you can die of cancer. Because what I'm going to show you in Scripture is, is that it's not the natural things that kill you in life. It's not obeying God. And when we realize first and foremost that we've been made whole, not something that we will be, but we've been made whole by the blood of Jesus, then all the other factors will filter in. And that's what we've got to understand. I'm, I'm for health and wellness for the rest of my life. I don't know about you, but I'm living long and strong. I'm not, I'm not getting into my later years and, and not be well. I'm, I'm just telling you right now, you say, well, you know, knock on wood, because you, know, you, you never know what could happen. See, that's, the Bible doesn't tell me I, I can't know what's going to happen. The Bible prom- promises me long life and wellness. Right. It promises me that. I'm not, I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about, I've been on a journey for over 20 years to gain revelation on this, to get it from my head to my heart. It's not enough that I just know some of this stuff because tons of people know it, but do we know this first? Do we know this first? Are we applying this first and foremost? So, here we go on our little journey over the next few weeks. First Timothy 4 and verse 1. First Timothy 4 and verse 1. And I'm going to read this... Um, I think I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Yes. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Now the Spirit, now the the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in latter times, some will turn away from the faith giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach. Through the hypocrisy and pretensions of liars whose conscience are seared, who forbid people to marry and teach them to abstain from certain kinds of foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and have an increasingly clear knowledge of the truth. 
For everything was created, everything God has created is good, and nothing is to be thrown away or refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is all hallowed and consecrated by the word of God and by prayer. Now, that's the verse of scripture that Christians get to pray over their food. And I don't really think that that's exactly what he was talking about. But what he's saying is, when, when I pray over our food, what I declare is that it's blessed and sanctified because that's what he just said. When we pray over our food, we command it to be blessed and sanctified. How many believe that? Not, not just praying some, you know, not just catching up on lost prayer time over your food, you know, but declaring something that is true. Okay, now I'm going somewhere with this. Verse 6. If you lay all these instructions before the brethren, you will be a worthy steward and a good minister of Christ Jesus, ever nourishing your own self on the truths of faith and of the good Christian instruction which you have closely followed. But refuse and avoid irrelevant legend, profane and impure godless fictions, mere grandmother's tales, and silly myths, and express your disapproval of them, Train yourself toward godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit. Training yourself toward godliness, he said, keeping yourself spiritually fit. For physical training is of some value. Everybody say, it is. Physical training and exercise is of some value. But how many know you could just get somebody's idea of physical training and it could be wrong? So here's what I found out over the years. Years ago, when I was in high school and playing basketball, um, everything was about running stairs and doing sit-ups. And come to find out, one of the reasons that I've had to have Brian work on my back through the years is because of those stupid sit-ups. And I thought the sit-ups were so important that I became the sit-up champ. I mean, I got in pride over sit-ups. And and if anybody on the team did more sit-ups than I did, now I'm going to beat them. So I became the sit-up king. And I mean, I mean, walking around like this. Because sit-ups are very hard on your back. I'm just saying, you can do physical training and be doing the wrong thing. And it'll actually hurt your body. There's a lot of people in those type of situations. Now, do you think that the God of the universe that created you and everything else understands physical fitness? Yes, sir. And I say, if you get tuned in and connected with him, you can glean information from people, but yet your gut's got to tell you whether it's right or not. And then when you know it's right, okay, when you know it's right, it produces for you. You know what works for me? Stretching. Anybody ever done P90X? Yes. Fabian and I? Who else? Oh, you guys did? Okay. P90X has a 40-minute stretch video. And I'm telling you, man, that's done more for me and my body and my... my um, range of motion. You know, I'm a golfer and 
I got to the point where, man, I could just, I was having a hard time doing this. And so I'd speak it over my body, but I had a hard time moving in my backswing. I couldn't get myself back to this point or, or, or where I needed to be. And uh, I started doing stretch, those stretches. And I've been doing those stretches now for a long time. And in doing the stretches, it it releases my body so that when I do exercises, my body's ready to take to, to like actually receive what I'm doing. So so if you're doing push-ups or you're doing some kind of form of, of exercise or you're lifting weights or whatever it is you're doing, your body's ready for that because you've stretched. Well, nobody ever told me that. They didn't tell me that in high school. They didn't tell me that in the sports I was in before. Nobody said, nobody, I mean, sissies stretched. You know what a sissy is? Well, that was in my day. It was, it was sissies. They stretch. Girls stretch. Yeah, that's why they're so limber. We're all tight and, you know, try to sit down like an Indian on the floor, you know, and, you, and, and one leg's sticking up. You can't even get the other leg down. Why? Because nobody ever taught us to stretch. Now I can sit like a real Indian. Both legs crossed. Because I learned something, but, but the Holy Ghost showed me what was right. And when you know it's right, you know it's right and you know it's going to work for you. You may not see results for two years, but you're going to do it anyway. Because he said, that's how you stay healthy. That's how you become well. I don't care where you're at right now, how you feel right now. God intended for you to be well and you can become well by knowing him. First and foremost. So, bodily exercise, eating the right things, all of that will help you to a point. But that can't be first and foremost. First and foremost, and it's the title of my message tonight, is that you have to know you have been redeemed. You have to know that you've been redeemed. Galatians Chapter 3 and verse 13 says, Christ has, everybody say has, not will, he has. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. There's a lot said there, but what I want you to focus on tonight and the rest of the time we teach on this is that Christ has redeemed you. He has redeemed you. Now, I've got a really good definition of redemption, and I want you to see it on the screen. If you're taking notes, we'll leave it up there long enough for you to be able to write it down. The action, the action, redemption is the action. Jesus was in action. And he was regaining and gaining possession of something in exchange for payment 
or the clearing of a debt. The debt was against us because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden. And Jesus paid the debt and redeemed us out of the mess we were in. Amen. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or the clearing of debt. What you and I have to believe is that we're not healed when we feel like it. That we've been redeemed from the curse of sickness. Now, keep your place right there because we'll come right back and we'll look at that definition one more time. But we're going to go to Deuteronomy 28. And most of you know Deuteronomy 28. And... In Deuteronomy 28, in the first 15 verses, it talks about the blessings. And it says in verse 1 of Deuteronomy 28, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. And you remember in Galatians 3, he said that Christ redeemed us so that the blessing could come upon us. Christ redeemed us so that the blessing could come upon us. What we're talking about tonight is the blessing of health and wholeness and wellness. Jesus liberated us and delivered us. What he delivered us from, and I'm not reading all the scriptures tonight, but starting with verse 15, uh, no, in verse uh, 15, in Deuteronomy 28, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Curse shall you be in the city and in the field and this and that. Uh, you'll have boils come on you. and How many like boils? Uh, you, you'll have all kinds of sicknesses, every kind of sickness and disease that the planet has ever known. And you know what? When Deuteronomy 28 uh, was penned, they covered every sickness that would ever be ever in the history of the world. Because in verse 61 he said, And also every sickness and every plague, which is not even written in the book of the law, the Lord will bring upon you until you're destroyed. And over here we read that Christ redeemed us from things that weren't even written down, diseases that weren't even known in that day. When are we redeemed of those? Now. Back then. But if we were were redeemed back then, then we are now. We're redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease of any kind. We've been liberated and set free of it. <clears throat> um, and, and a lot of you heard, heard this from here you've heard other people teach this but we're just we're going to really drive this point home and, and I, I'm really going to put a lot of responsibility on you for your bodies to be well in the days ahead I'm not talking about in two weeks I'm talking about from here on 
I told you I've been on a journey for 20 years to get it from my head to my heart to where I really believe what I'm doing is working. Where I really believe it. I don't want to do something and then stop. I want to do it from now on. And, you know, unless God changes it somewhere down the road, there's not, I'm leaving that open, but that's not an excuse. Well, you know, I just feel like God told me not to do it. You know, you're looking for an excuse. I'm talking about when you know that you know. Yes. But so I'm going to say this and and we'll get to it some more in, in the next few weeks. Most people, well, most people that aren't saved really don't have much of understanding. But there's a lot of people that have been saved. But according to 3 John 2, their soul hasn't prospered. Regarding certain things. And especially where health and healing is concerned. And so... If your soul hasn't prospered, then in, in most cases, people are waiting on God. They're waiting for God to do something. They're waiting for God that, now they, if you ask them the question, they may not say this, but they're waiting for God to redeem them. Christ has redeemed us. Amen. I'm already well. I'm already healed. I'm already prosperous. I'm already the way God says I am. He already did that. But most people are waiting on God to do something. And, and, and there's a difficulty there because God's really not doing anything. It's already done. Now what's difficult with that with people is so like when you read a scripture like Deuteronomy 28 and you see where God said he would put that stuff on the people did he not no that's what the Bible said God said he would put the stuff on the people if you disobey but that's under the law we're not under the law. We're under grace now. Right. Okay? But what people don't know how to separate is that when being under grace doesn't mean you're out from underneath consequences. Right. See? Because when I choose to disobey because I've not been taught, I've got maybe have some knowledge up here, but I don't have it in my heart, and, and, I'm, and I'm choosing to do things against what is the will of God, then what's already set up is the consequences. They're already there. It's not God doing it. God doesn't do it. When, when you make a mistake, God doesn't see you through your mistake. Man, He still loves you. He sees you through the love and the blood of Jesus. When he looks at me, he didn't see any of my mistakes. They're already annihilated by the blood of Jesus. Anything that you've ever done or you ever will do has been annihilated by the blood of Jesus. But when you and I choose to do things that are not according to the Word of God, it takes us out from underneath that blessing and we find ourselves appearing like we're living under the curse. 
no manifestation, not seeing things happen, but it's not God doing it. God's already set it up that way. See, he said he's already judged the nations. He's already judged people and people's actions and those kind of things. That's not God doing it. He won't do that because he doesn't see you that way. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. But what you do, you and I do, is we walk out from underneath the covering of that blessing and it's like we're living under the curse. Why is God doing this to you? God's not doing anything. Hmm. I haven't spent enough time, spent more time working out Make sure I didn't eat a tortilla. Then I did realize that I've been redeemed from the curse. Well, pastor said we could eat tortillas. No, I didn't say that. I said, you can't put your focus there first. You've got to know you've been redeemed. Now watch these couple of scriptures. 1 Peter 1 and verse 18. First Peter 1 and verse 18. <clears throat> Look at the first verse, the first word. Uh, first P, yeah, there you go. <clears throat> Everybody say the first word together. Ready, read. Knowing. Knowing. You've got to know this. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold or tortillas from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Verse 19. But I've been redeemed, you've been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I have been redeemed. Can you give me my definition of redeemed again? I have been redeemed. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or the clearing of debt. The debt was owed, he paid the debt, and the exchange was you and I. And if you're saved today, then you're healed. If you're saved and healed, then you are delivered of anything and everything that has ever affected your life. I don't care what it is, you are delivered today. Amen. The difficulty with that is, is when you're not in your soul, you've got to get there. And the best way to get there is with your mouth. That's the best way to get there. You declaring what His Word says about you will bring you to a place where not only you'll feel saved if you've been born again, all the lies will leave of the enemy trying to convince you you're not because of mistakes you made. But then you'll be convinced that you're well and that you're delivered and you're set free of anything and everything that has ever hindered your life. And listen, you know how much time we get to spend doing that? This whole short little bitty period of time of eternity called the time we spend on planet Earth. This little pit stop 
for eternity, we get to spend this whole time learning how to do that. I'm going to give you, before we end tonight, I'm going to give you three things, three reasons in a moment why people live under the curse and not under the blessing. And they're not real super heavy, you know, way out there revelation. It's simple little things. Three things that I found in my own life. When I find myself under the curse and feeling like I'm, that that I'm cursed. Remember, one of the great things is you can be experiencing things in the natural that appear like you're in the curse, but because you're working daily on knowing who you are in Christ, even though it looks like you're under the curse, man, I'm coming to the promised land. I'm coming to the place of blessing because I'm spending more time in my life getting revelation than I am trying to fix everything in my life. You'll never fix it all. When you get revelation, He'll show you how to fix it. You know how I see God? I see God like YouTube. You're looking at a guy that never fixed anything in his life except a broken nine iron. And in the last 15, 10, 12 years, you name it, I've fixed it at my house because I just type in washing machine not spinning. (laughs) And I go to YouTube. And for $2.56, I found the part. He showed me how to put it in, and I put it in. And that's the way I'm beginning to see God. He's just like YouTube. You get on your computer, God, I got an issue. Lord, I'm feeling horrible in my body. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, how many tortillas did you eat last week? Well, but what does that have to do with anything? You know what I'm saying? See, see, when you're not developing a life of redemption, you can't hear things like that because you're looking for a quick fix. I just got to go to the doctor and they got to fix me. I need medicine to make my body well, but I want to keep doing all the other things I'm doing. That's why we got to spend more time getting information from God that will go through your mind, will, and emotions and get down in your heart and then teach you where to go. You might go to a doctor and they may have something that you need. And that may work. But that comes because of the leading of God. And, and you don't get there in two days. You get there by practicing this day by day by day. I'm not redeemed by corruptible things. Corruptible things, things in the natural are not my salvation. They're not my answer. How many people have ever come to the end of everything that they could do in the natural and they heard these words? There's nothing we can do for you. Well, then I guess I better pray. No, that's not the time to learn how to pray. Let's learn how to pray right now. Let's learn how to believe God's Word now. Let's learn what God's Word is saying to us now. Let's learn how to live not only in our head but in our heart. Let's learn to live redeemed today so that no matter what comes our way, we've got the answer. That's the key. 1 Corinthians, this is a big one. 1 Corinthians... Six and verse 19. 
Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Let me have my redemption. My redemption. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or the clearing of debt. You were bought. So you know what it means? This is not yours. It's his. The problem with most of our bodies is we're trying to fix it. And this thing doesn't, it doesn't get fixed with worldly knowledge. Because this isn't of the world. See, this, this wasn't created by worldly wisdom and knowledge. This was created by God. I mean, yeah, the parts were a few buckets of dirt and a few buckets of water mixed together. And that's what this is from the earth. But who created the earth? Him. You can't operate on knowledge from people that don't know God. That's why when you do glean from people, you need to allow what they're saying. Now, now, people don't have to be saved to have good knowledge. Because all knowledge is from God. The devil didn't create nothing. People are saved or unsaved. There's a lot of people out there operating that aren't even born again that are operating on, in stronger principles, godly principles right out of the Bible that aren't even born again than some people that are born again because they've been trained and taught. So I'm not just meaning you just listen to somebody that's born again. Sometimes some born again people are nuts because their minds haven't been renewed. I've been nuts. At times, thinking things that weren't true because my mind wasn't renewed in a specific area. It's a constant thing that we're on, this journey that we're on to become well, to become healthy and whole in our minds, in our bodies, our spirit, to be strong in the things of God, to know who we are in God and to know that we've been redeemed. You've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. But that verse of Scripture says, you are bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Your body and your spirit belong to God. You got to work that out in your thinking. You got to work it out. This thing belongs to God. So, what I do with it, Where it goes, what I look at, what I listen to, what I meditate on, what I eat, what I put in, in every form, in every way. I've got to remember it's His and He knows how your body operates. You know, one of the things that I've realized in the last 20 years of researching things about the physical body is that everybody's body chemistry is different. Uh, Duh, who did that? 
If it was, if, if, if humanity made the physical man, they'd just make a clone out of everybody, right? Like one car dealership, they'll build a car and then every other car dealership will build one and you're going, is that a Chevy or is that a Ford? I got to look for the emblem because I can't tell because they all look alike. None of us look alike, none of us act alike and our body chemistry is not the same. Everybody's chemistry is different. Well, the key to, to really good health is eat a lot of protein. But I found out it depends on what your blood type is. Some people can eat protein and it's good for them. Other people, they eat too much protein, they swell up. Ugly things happen to them. I mean, stuff happens to their skin and different things when they eat too much protein. So we've got, so, you know, there, there, is, there is technology out there to help you. You can have blood work done and you can find out what is good for you and what's not. You understand? So there's good things. Remember, the bodily exercise and the working from a natural perspective, it profits a little. But that can't be, that, that, that can't be where we start. And if that's where you spend all your time and attention, just begin to put a little bit more attention on the Word and what we're talking about. And over these next few weeks, taking the information that I'm giving you and spend time meditating on it. And I promise you, God will show you things about your body and your health in ways that you had no idea about. Because He's the man with the plan. He's the one with the answers. He's got them all. You're hearing what I'm saying tonight. I didn't say we don't glean from other people and people that are doing great things out there for the physical body. I'm not saying I have all this information and I know everything about everything. I'm not saying that even, even a little bit. I'm just saying I found out some things that work. But, but ultimately where I got them for my body is from God. It's from God. Amen. So remember, your body is God's. Three reasons people live under the curse. They live a life under the curse, even though if you're born again, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. But they're living life under the curse or feeling like they're under the curse because of, I mean, there's other reasons, but, th- but these three things I know are true because I know they've been true in my own life at times when I haven't been putting these to work like I should. Number one, the lack of knowledge. And that's what we've been talking about tonight. It's one thing to have knowledge in your head, but it's another thing to work that knowledge to your heart to where it becomes revelation to you. And, and that's where the wisdom, the wisdom is extracted from the knowledge that you get from things when you're allowing God to reveal to you what's right for you. That's what we have to have. That, that process and concept is what you have to have working in your life. Number two is the lack of developed faith. Um, I, I, I don't know any other way to say it but this. I didn't say it's the lack of faith. I said it's the lack of developed faith. Every person's been dealt the same measure of faith. Everybody has. You're sitting in here tonight and you've been born again. You've been dealt a measure of faith. What you do with the faith will determine how developed that you come in life. 
Okay? And, and I, don't, I don't know any other way to say it than this for the moment. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more and define it a little bit more in the next few weeks. But developed faith can only be practiced in the midst of things that you see and that you hear. Things you see and hear that try to affect your life and get you not to trust God. You have to develop that every day. That's why you have to have an arsenal of confession that is coming out of your mouth every day about who God says you are. Because natural circumstances, we're talking about the physical body and and health and healing. You can have something telling you in your physical body that you are sick. God created every human being whole. And the blood of Jesus redeemed everybody from the curse of the law. Even everything that's not mentioned in the book, he's delivered us. There's not anything that wasn't covered under the blood. So that means I've already been redeemed. I'm already healed and healthy and whole. If I've done all kinds of things and, 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 and affected my physical body and it's ailing because of things that I've done to it, the best way to get free from those ailments. Listen to me. The best way is to learn not to be moved by how you feel and how things look, but to stay focused on what God says. Now, isn't this true? That most people, when things are hurting or something's not right, we go, we get a diagnosis, then after all these years of doing something and it's affected your body in a negative way, the diagnosis says this, and so you need to quit this and quit this and quit this and quit this. So, oh my gosh, I can't eat this and I can't do this and I can't go over here and I can't, I just got to stay in a little cubicle somewhere. Because the diagnosis says it's this and this is the problem and that may be absolutely true. But you don't have what it takes on the inside developed to a place where you can begin to change the habits and the attitudes that you have. And and definitely not, you don't have the goods on the inside to deal with how you're feeling and the fear that comes to your mind that, oh my gosh, I've got cancer, I'm going to die. And cancer could come. And that's why today you need to be declaring in your body, Lord, I thank you today. You wake up in the morning, I thank you that I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You redeemed me. And today, according to 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes I was healed. And if I was then when he did that, what he did at Calvary, and when he raised from the dead, if I was healed then, then I'm healed now. Lord, I don't feel like I'm healed. I'm not denying the symptoms. And, and, and listen, if, if there's symptoms, if you got some kind of growth on your arm and someone says I see you have a growth. No, I don't have a growth. No, you're lying. There's a growth. 
What you're doing is you're declaring that I'm healed in Christ Jesus and you're declaring daily that you deny this growth the right to remain on your physical body because of the blood of Jesus. Because he paid the debt and the exchange was made. I've been redeemed and I'm healed and healthy and whole. That's the best way to get to the place where you can overcome the obstacles and some of the bad habits that you've created in life is when you know you've been redeemed. Amen. I rest my case. There's no other way. There's no other way. I'm telling you, I've studied hard to find another way. There's no other way. It doesn't work. The third thing is disobedience. Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Disobedience is what kept the children of Israel out of the promised land. And it's what keeps us from the promises that God has already paid for for us. Remember, He doesn't, when you make mistakes and you disobey, and you find yourself feeling over time like you're under the curse, He didn't put you under the curse. No, He redeemed you by the blood. You see? But our actions bring us under in that place where we feel like that. So we got to get out of disobedience and learn a true life of obedience. And then I'm going to end with this tonight and we'll pick this up. We'll look at those three things in more detail. But I want to finish with this verse. Proverbs 3. I want you to see it real clear. Proverbs 3. And verse 7. Because if you, if you, catch, if you catch this, you, you may, I'm going to tell you this, but you may not catch it for about two weeks. But if you catch this, you'll never be the same again. If you catch what I'm fixing to tell you right here. Everything I've said to you leading up to this verse of Scripture tonight, and I'm going to end with this. is so important. There's, a, there's another verse of Scripture, and we'll, we'll look at it next week, but it's Hebrews six twelve, And it says, Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. It takes great patience. Listen, you've got the rest of your life. You don't have to learn everything I'm talking to you about tonight, everything that, that it's taken me many, many years I'm believing some of the things I'm sharing with you tonight in the next few weeks are going to help you to, to get overcome things in a whole lot quicker way than I did and that I have. That's the way it should work. But if you understand real redemption, that, you, that, that what, what, what should have happened to you didn't happen to you, that debt was paid, if you really believe that, then no sickness or disease has any right to your body. Okay? And what will help you is if you understand Proverbs 3 and verse 7. Actually, um, you got time to put that up in the King James Version or do you not? I didn't give you that in the King James, but I want to read that in the King James.
Thank you. So it'll be seven and eight. <clears throat> Verse seven and eight. Go back to seven. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to your navel and morrow to your bones. If you had a um, if you had a King James Bible right here in the New King James it doesn't say it but in the margin the word health there is defined in the Hebrew as medicine. When you're not wise in your own eyes, when you're fearing God, you're, you're, you're submitting to the ways of God, when you're allowing the redemptive revelation of God to become so real to you, more real to you than anything else in your life, then as you speak the word, it's like you went to the doctor and you got medicine and you took the medicine just like the doctor said and you got well. What happens over time is that you begin to believe in your confession to the point that everything that you say out of your mouth is like you're taking a shot. It's like you're taking two pills. And, and they're dissolving. And they're doing the work that they're supposed to do. But it won't happen that way if you don't believe it. See, what keeps us under the curse is not having developed faith. And the only way that my faith can be developed is when, when something comes against me. Let's just say, let's just start with a headache. Let's say you had a stressful day at work and you come home and man, I mean, between your temples, it feel like there's a vice there and it's squeezing down on your, your head and you feel your head like that. First thing we do, do is what? First thing that people do is go to the medicine cabinet and get medicine. Take a couple of Advil, aspirin, whatever. You have confidence that the Advil is going to do the work and the headache ceases. I'm not saying you can't take Advil. What I'm saying is begin to not take Advil first First, take the Word of God and begin to speak to your head. I'll just give you a way to do that in a stressful situation and your head is hurting. I put my hands on my head like this. And I begin to pray in other tongues. You pray in the Spirit, you pray with the understanding. Many times God will tell me, speak to your whole nervous system. Just speak to your body right now and command your body to rest. Command your body to settle down. So I'll do that because that's what he tells me to do. I've done it for years and years and years. So I'm, I've practiced it. And so what I'm doing is releasing my faith in the medicine of the Word of God to where that gets as real as if I would take two aspirin. Now, I don't take Advil, but I take aspirin, and it's good for blood flow in your body. Isn't that right? 
it's good for blood flow in your body. I mean, you know, don't take six a day or something like that. But I, I take a couple or maybe four a week or something just for good blood flow. So when, when sometimes I feel like that God is saying to me, just take you a couple aspirin and just relax. And I'll do that. But through the years I've practiced speaking to my body before I go to medicine or, 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 or getting other things. And, and the more I've practiced that, I don't have any medicine. I don't, I don't take any medicine. I was at a, I'm just telling you this, I'm just giving you this to encourage you. I'm not saying, I don't, you know, whatever you do, that's what you do today. I'm just telling you, there is a way to believe in the medicine of the Word of God above other medicine. I'm not saying don't take your medicine or anything that you do. Everybody hear that? Not saying that. I'm saying the Word of God is true and it's worked. I had something in my ears that were, were not working right like I, I was getting dizzy or whatever I felt like I needed to go and just have the ear doctor just look in my ear and uh, <laughs> he did see a brain in there no <laughs> and so he, uh, he I went and, and so I had to fill out all this paperwork and I handed the paperwork to the lady and she goes she goes sir you didn't fill out all this stuff and I said I did. She said, how old are you? And I told her, she goes, you're not on any medication? I said, no. I said, I take two aspirin. She goes, you don't take any medication. I said, I take supplements, but I don't take any medication. She goes, she said this. My wife was right there. She said, I've never known anybody that didn't take medication. (laughs) That's what the lady said. But I'm just saying, I didn't just start this two weeks ago. I've been doing this my whole born again life. I've been born again for 40 years this year. And they, they started teaching me, the churches I was in, the people I was connected to, they started teaching me about not being moved by what I see, but declaring what the word says. And I'm well. And I'm not saying it in pride. I don't have to knock on wood afraid that I'm going to get sick because I said I'm well. Okay? I'm not afraid of it or I wouldn't say it. I'm telling you I'm well. I'm telling you you're well. And the only reason I'm well is because he said I am. All I'm declaring is, and all I've declared for 40 years, is that by his stripes I'm healed. And everything he tells me to declare and say on a daily basis, I say it. I've got a list of things that I say over my family, over my extended family, over every one of you in this place on a daily basis. I declare these things and I say that we're well. Look around. Just look around and look at everybody. Just say, I see a bunch of well people. Amen? I mean, should, I mean, should we say we're a bunch of sick people? I didn't say we don't have symptoms. I didn't say that we don't have, I mean, I mean, our prayer ministry is like on fire, you know, with praying for people and situations and things that are going on. That's a good thing, right? But what we're declaring tonight is that by his stripes we're healed because we've been redeemed. Yes. And the blood of Jesus redeemed us and we can declare these things 
all day, every day. And over time, what happens is that it becomes revelation to us. So as quickly as you say it, how long does it take uh, to Advil to work? 30 minutes. 30 minutes, maybe 45, you'll start seeing the results. I mean, did it say that? If we fear the Lord, in other words, we put our faith and we, we allow our faith to be developed. And we allow that developed faith to get stronger every day. And then we really believe, not just in our head, not just because I said it, but you get it down in your heart that it's going to come to pass. Will the word work as medicine in 45 minutes? I don't know about you, but I find out in the word that what works in the natural in a certain way will work quicker over time in the spirit. Amen. <laughs> the word of God as medicine will work better than two Advil or whatever. So tonight, this is just night one. And I told you I was going to say some things tonight that are very direct and to the point. And you know why? Because I love you. And I want to see you well. And in the next few Wednesday nights, as we're dealing with this issue and this subject, um, um, when, when God says to, I would have tonight, if God said, but when God says, I'm going to lay hands on you, we're, we're going to minister life that way because God intends you to live a long and a healthy life on top of situations and not always underneath. Not living in just enough, but in more revelation than what you need so you can help others around you. But God created you and I to be well because he redeemed us by the blood of Jesus.